colorless, Gregory thought to himself. While he could not see the outside world through Freddy's stomach hatch, the Fazbear watch was connected to Freddy's eyes. Whatever Freddy saw, Gregory could see too. But nothing was worth seeing, as everything was devoid of color. Gray bricks, gray stairs, and gray railings. Once they went through the backroom doors, Freddy was immediately met with a descending staircase, one that would meet a platform and then continue downwards in the opposite direction. In comparison to the bright and colorful Rockstar Row, the stairwell was devoid of all bright hues and fun patterns, unless you count the cracks in concrete walls a form of artistry. When they reached the fourth platform, Gregory could hear the sound of metallic skittering, like a rat with robotic limbs scurrying on the ground. He looked through his fastwatch to identify the origin of the noise. The feed was somewhat blurry, but he could have sworn he saw some kind of movement ahead of the railings of the platform that prevented people from falling three stories. It looked humanoid, crawling on the walls before jerking downwards to wherever the stairs ended. If Ferdy had noticed it, he didn't convey it in any way. Gregory crept on to a small part of Ferdy's inner metal workings. Looking through the fast watch as Ferdy continued to go down the stairs, he caught a glimpse of a figure alone in an offshoot hallway. He was barricaded in by an iron-locked fence and appeared to be sweeping the area in solitude. Gregory raised an eyebrow and tried to look at his watch closer, but Freddy was already down another set of stairs before he could get a closer look. Something was off about the figure, however. In the hallway, his movements were so... rigid. Hello, little boy! If you're down here, say something! She's down here. We have to go back. Do not worry, Gregory. Even if we are spotted, you are safe with me. She would never suspect we are traveling together. However, we should still do our best to avoid her. If I am sent back to my room, we will never get to the lobby before midnight. While Gregory wasn't satisfied with that answer, he decided not to push on the topic. He was certain that, as long as he hid inside Freddy's stomach, no one could find him. At least no one has yet. Freddy went down four more platforms before he finally got to the final level, passing by some lime-colored sewage or water pump device next to the back end of the hallway. The bottom floor was a small corridor that led to a storage room with scattered pallets and plastic crates strewn about. On the opposite side was a large garage door leading out that, like all the others they encountered, automatically opened once Freddy got near. A dimly lit corridor opened up ahead of them, and Freddy took a few steps before abruptly stopping. An alarm sound blipped in Freddy's head, similar to the warning sounds that Gregory was hearing inside of his own. I feel you are broken. Gregory scrunched his face, and in an instant, felt a small stench of pain. A small amount of warm liquid cascaded down his cheek. He felt it, a cut on his face. He thought back and immediately remembered crawling through the vents. He must have cut himself when he jumped out. Don't worry about it. It's just a scratch from the vent. I'm fine. No. I feel that something is wrong. I am taking you to the first aid station. Gregory lost his balance as Freddy bolted through a side hallway. He was right. He was way faster when he chose to run. There's no time. I'm fine. But Freddy wasn't responding to Gregory's pleas. 
A short trek through the side hallway revealed a small room with a first aid station. It looked like one of those photo booths, a small box you could walk in with, a red curtain you could pull back for privacy. In the back of the hallway was another locked fence, leading to some ascending stairs to nowhere. Freddy knelt down again, forcefully, albeit still gently, ejecting Gregory from a stump hatch. Gregory glared at Freddy, who had inconveniently positioned himself in the doorframe so Gregory couldn't get by him. He was like an annoying older brother, forcing his younger brother to brush his teeth before he was allowed to go to bed. Gregory turned away from him as he sauntered to the first aid station. He was angry, and rightfully so in his opinion. Since Freddy could eject him at any time, he felt like he could no longer fully rely on him for protection. Gregory winced slightly in embarrassment as he realized that part of his anger was on himself, not remembering he kicked him out of his stomach hatch the first moment they met. He pulled back the red curtain and was greeted with a small table and mirror. Looking at himself, with the exception of his disheveled appearance, he didn't look half bad. The cut was shallow, so he only needed a band-aid on it to stop the bleeding. The sound of keys jingling caused Gregory to go stiff. The iron fence next to his booth gave a screech as it opened. Gregory pulled back the curtain enough to see Freddy standing, at least for a robot, hopelessly anxious. A flashlight beam entered in his view from his left, where soon the owner, the security guard, was walking over to Freddy. Freddy! You're supposed to be on lockdown! Uh, Officer Vanessa, I, I do not know how I got here. Gregory cringed at the terrible lie. He never knew a robot could lie, but he never once thought a robot could lie badly. Even Freddy sounded guilty. Well, you totally blew it tonight, you know. Your system crashed and you ruined the show. Now, parts and services have you on reduced power. I said as a safety precaution. Just one more thing to deal with. I apologize. Okay. Look, we're like 15 minutes from closing and some kid is sneaking around backstage. If you see anything, Notify me immediately. I already alerted the others. Now, go back to your room. Others? So there were more security guards inside the Pizzaplex. He failed to recall multiple security guards present at one point in time, but Gregory wasn't sure why he thought the place was only secured by one security officer at night. The sound of jingling keys returned as the security guard, whom Gregory now knew was Vanessa, turned back towards the stairs. Gregory ducked behind the photo booth curtain and didn't make a move until he heard the gate close and the sound of keys disappeared. Once everything went silent, Gregory took another peek outside. Freddy was standing alone, looking down with a sad expression on his face. Not only did he sound guilty in his lie, but he even looked and must have felt guilty for lying for him. It was strange how... well human he was being. Still, he couldn't comfort him now. It was the perfect opportunity to get him to fully understand his problems. If there was any moment to finally get through to him that Vanessa cannot be trusted, this was it. He pushed the curtain back and walked out. I told you she was after me. I said nothing. I will keep you safe. Let us go. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. 
Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Freddy continued down the same corridor with Gregory, safely inside his stomach hatch. The hallways were large enough that several forklifts were parked near side hallways, although they all seemed to be covered in some manner of dust. Rusted metal grates and pipes were hooked to the ceilings and flowed down the corridor. The sound of rushing water and sewage could be heard churning through them. Freddy's feet echoed as he marched onwards, and the smell of rust and disinfectants was so bad Gregory could taste them. Where are we? We are now under the Pizzaplex. These utility tunnels connect all the attractions. We can go anywhere in the building? Correct. Fazerblast, Monte Golf, Roxy Raceway. They are all accessible to staff, with high enough clearance, of course. Guests are never allowed down here, but uh, yours is a special situation. Gregory cocked his head at Freddy's faltering words. He looked at his fast watch and saw Freddy staring at a peculiar collection of robots behind an iron fence near the stairwell they were approaching. The robots, who Gregory identified through their outline to be the same entity that was sweeping in the hallway before. They were the staff bots of the Mega Pizzaplex. It was a bit of a controversy at the time, arguably still is one today. Fazbear Entertainment went fully automated with their staff, replacing anybody who was a human and thus had to be paid with a humanoid robot. Gregory recalled a few ads Fazbear Entertainment made during the wake of the backlash, one of which stated the egregious claim that 100% of accidents were caused by human error. Each of the robots had a white, ovioid-esque head, with cutouts for two white eyes with black irises. They had no mouth or nose, but did have orange cheeks and two ovals that mimic ears on the side of their head. Their torso is composed of a singular segmented metal spine with a chest and suit piece, fitted with buttons covering half of it. Their lower half was made up of a singular piece that tapers outwards, ending with two wheels for movement. Currently, there were four of them positioned in a circle, staring at one another blankly. Compared to the glamorous animatronics, they had even less emotive faces, the lack of any mouth or eyebrows deprived them of any displayable emotion. They didn't seem to acknowledge them and just kept looking at one another. Odd, Gregory had to admit, but why did Freddy seem so shaken up about it? He looked like he had saw a ghost. Gregory looked closer through his fast watch. His eyes widened. The robots weren't staring at each other, but were looking at the ground. In the middle of all of them was another staff bot, torn up, the head visibly damaged and broken. Freddy kept moving and didn't acknowledge it. Gregory frowned. They both clearly saw it. But after Freddy talked with Vanessa, Gregory now knew Freddy can in fact lie, although horribly. Perhaps he recognized this and is instead lying by omission. Gregory would have put it past him. Everybody lies for one reason or another, he found. Freddy found the next staircase and began climbing upwards. Gregory could feel that his movement was slowing. He was still vaulting up the stairs faster than any human could, but the previous power he once had was clearly fading. Gregory looked at his fast watch and noticed he could see a violent red text flashing through Freddy's eyes. Low power. 
As Freddy finally reached the top of the stairs, into a small storage room with several bits of cargo and equipment thrown about, he nearly went onto one knee. His storage compartment opened, and Gregory once, was again, gently let out of the stomach hatch. I am terribly sorry. The recharge cycle had not yet completed when I found you. You must continue without me. I will guide you on your fast watch in case you get into any trouble. Freddy walked, or limped, to a red cylindrical device in the corner of the room. A small window, with a lightning bolt below it, had several blue wires on the top of its checkered roof, going into the walls. It was an animatronic recharge station, designed for both Freddy and his bandmates roaming the Pizzaplex to have a fast recharge method at hand. He had already seen one in Freddy's green room, and recalled staff bots would also routinely use them. Freddy opened the sliding door, and walked into the small, confined space. I don't know if I can do this alone. Gregory looked at Freddy through the small window, his orange head filling it entirely. He couldn't confirm it, but Gregory was pretty certain he spotted a staff bot staring at him from a blocked-off hallway. But it wasn't like Freddy could change his battery life. He had 15 minutes to get out of the Pizzaplex, and probably even less than that. Gregory shook his hands to stop his fidgeting and walked through the exit doors. He was met with another straight hallway, although this time, the walls had been painted. A comfortable pink violet was on the bottom half of the wall, while a clean gray claimed the top half. Despite the clean walls, the floor was unusually dank. Small puddles that smelled of sewage and gasoline darted the black concrete floor. A large orange arrow with a staff bot arm in a kiosk was painted on the left wall. The words lobby were written in black beside it. In the middle of the hallway, there was a work table with paint supplies improperly stored. Cans were stacked on top of one another, rollers were laid about, and brushes weren't being cleaned. Gregory was about to crawl over before he heard the sound of rustling coming from the room beside him. It sounded like something was eating. No, not eating. Devouring. Something was stuffing food in their mouth without any hesitation for breath or chewing although the sound of crunching metal could be heard. Gregory peeked through the doorway, which turned out to be a bathroom that was in dire need of refurbishment. The smell of sewage was even stronger, now mixed with the smell of old water and mold. The white tile floor was covered with so much grime that it was mildly adhesive. Several lights were flickering and multiple stalls were missing doors or, even worse, missing complete toilets. The sound of ravenous consumption was even louder in this room. It was here, but it was coming from the other end of the room. He peeked a little more, just enough so he could see the opposite wall. Gregory's eyes widened at the sight of a white-skinned creature wearing a metal pink leotard. It's Chica! Chica was currently squatting over a pile of garbage that had been left to decompose by workers. At first, Gregory thought she was searching for something, but everything she grabbed, she merely placed it to her beak mouth and began chewing. It apparently didn't matter whether the material she grabbed was edible or not, or once edible or not. She was eating rotted food, metal cans, and disposable napkins and papers. A sign right next to her, dinner, instructed workers to wash their hands after using the bathroom. Maybe I could distract her with something. After a few moments of thought, Gregory returned to the paint cans. He pushed them on the opposite side of the table where he stood, and quickly looked back to the bathroom. Chica looked up, 
a slice of green-colored bread hanging off her bottom beak. She gave a small electronic twitch before she got up and went out the door next to her. Gregor moved into the room in the exact time and pace she was leaving, and began to skulk through the dressing room. He attempted to pick the best spots that didn't give enough gunk or dirt to cause Chica to hear him. He didn't know how long Chica was going to be looking at his distraction. When he reached the opposite door, he looked outside to see Chica was still investigating the turned over paint cans. Gregory didn't want to risk it and ran as quietly as he could down the hallway, never looking back. The hallway quickly came to a turn. To the left, then another, then another. Several posters of Fazbear propaganda was hung on the half-painted walls, all claimed that the staff bot program was a successful endeavor. When he finally found another door, he opened it to find a brick wall storage room. Although, with the empty pizza boxes and old couch in the corner, it could have also been a staff break room that doubled as storage. Gregory kept going through the rooms blocked by a maze of metal shelves before finally reaching a new hallway, this time painted half violet, half green. The colors reminded him of Monty and Chica, which could have been intentional on their part. He quickly ran down the hallways before reaching a more industrial-looking corridor. It reminded him of a factory. Orange lights replaced with colorful blue ceiling lights, the whir and buzzing of machinery and metal clinking and grinding filled the room. The aroma of hot metal oil and grease was caught in his throat. Even through his shoes, he felt the ground go from concrete to metal grates. He looked to his left and saw a blocked-off gate and a hallway filled with hot smoke and steam. Just looking at it made Gregory sweat from the heat. So he looked to his right, and he saw that there was a metal corridor that led back to another diverging hallway. Gregory began to run at the same speed rhythm of some of the machinery. Once Gregory was halfway down the hall, he began to realize that the thudding of machines was getting closer. There you are! Gregor looked back to the hallway of steam and saw Monty Gator rush forward, who smashed down the barricade in a single thrash of his fist. He looked down at him with a predatory gaze and began to sprint. <laughs> Gregory sprinted down the hallway. Adrenaline spiked and the enormous sound of his heart nearly exploding in his chest. He needed to escape. He needed a place to hide, but he had nowhere to go. As he looked around him, he couldn't keep track of what was flying by, but he could see ahead of him another orange arrow pointing him towards the lobby. As he turned to his right, he heard another clamoring of an iron gate. He turned around to see a Roxy was trying to gnaw through a metal fence to get to him. He had no time to analyze that. The large reptile bot was slowly gaining on him. He went through another set of double doors, hearing a loud bang as Mounties slammed them off their hinges in his pursuit. The arrows bring him to another hallway to his left. He ignored the ink in his legs and the heat in his chest and kept sprinting. Several cardboard boxes sprayed in front of him. Chica had returned, and was coming from another hallway that had been blocked off by a stack of boxes. He was being chased by two massive animatronics and had nowhere to go. He ignored every instant to scream and cry to fall the path marked by orange arrows. Then another set of stairs and flew up them as fast as he could. Every turn he made, he was able to spot the head of Monte and Chica falling in close behind. At the top of the stairs, he flung himself to the right where a giant circular emblem of a shield and star was displayed down the hall. Gregory's eyes widened and he ran with all his might down the hallway. Going to his right, as he had hoped, a security office was located. He looked to the doorway and saw a large lock button and slammed it down, resulting in a metal sheet descending with a slam covering the doorway. Gregory stayed still for a moment, trying his best to breathe and calm his nerves. He was wrong. 
Vanessa didn't have any other security officers. The animatronics were on the hunt for her. Just with the staff boss, that's when her team had replaced the humans with machines. And this time, they were using their star performers. Greg leaned himself against the set of hot cabinets, his breath slowing down and his thoughts becoming clearer. He wouldn't put it past Fazbear to replace security guards with machines. They did that with every position if they could. But something was off about them. Chica was eating garbage, Roxy gnawing at the gates like an animal, and he could hear the anger and frustration in Monty's grunts. And then there was Freddy. Investigated closely and quickly to notice that no security functions were active. This area seemed completely dead. This was how every security office was like. It was no wonder how he was able to get away with this for so long. No one is watching, and nobody's recording this night. There, you can now activate security protocols. Gregory saw a new icon appear in his watch. He pressed it and was greeted with a compressed video of Monty making large dents in the security door outside his office. Those boxes on your mini-map are nearby security cameras. When movement is detected by the camera's motion sensors, you should see red alert icons. Switch between the cameras to find a safe path out of the office and to the main lobby. Gregory studied his watch and did notice the camera outside his room was blinking red, reacting to Monty attempting to bend steel. Outside the other exit to his room was another hallway, with two diverging paths that converged to create a square loop. A box flickered red. Gregory pressed it down and saw Chica studying another pile of garbage. Guess that explained why she wasn't helping Monty with the door. Thank God her appetite distracted her. Gregory opened the opposite door and ran down the hall. Using the camera as he tried to monitor where Chica was. She seemed to be patrolling the hallway, but also kept getting distracted by the overturning garbage bins. Once she began chowing down again, Gregory made a mad dash down the right hallway passing Chica completely and opening a set of double doors into a final lobby of the pizza place. Gregory couldn't help but smile. He was almost free. He could see the entrance, or in this case his exit, between the rope ticket lines and the various brand banners strewn about the large lobby. Gregory began trotting towards the exit before frowning at the sound of a familiar intercom noise. Freddy Fazbear's Mega Pizza Plex is now closed, initiating nighttime protocols. The shutters at the Pizza Plex entrance began to slowly descend. Gregory began running again to try and make it to the exit, but he was too far away. The shutters were already closed before he even made it to the center of the lobby. Oh no! Wait, I'm still here! Now what am I supposed to do?
able to escape when the security doors reopen at 6 a.m. Until then, keep moving and try not to draw attention to yourself. If there is another way out, I will help you find it. I promise. Thus ends today's program of Into the Night. How will Gregory survive for six hours within the strange world of the Freddy Fazbear Mega Beastplex? What is wrong with the animatronics? What does Vanessa want with Gregory? Is she doing this just because it's her job? Or is there a fouler game afoot? All this and more in the next episode of Into the Night. Thank you so much for listening. If you'd like to stay updated, please consider subscribing, following, or sharing this podcast. It truly helps us broaden our reach. Consider following us also on our Twitter at Fazbear Podcast. This has been your host, Nick. And I would like to thank you all for once again for listening. Have a good night. And drive home safe. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.